Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the upper tier, and once it is Monday, we know it's the Monday mashup. Joining me tonight from the Chelsea Roar, no doubt, um, in the Dynamo Kelly. How are we in? How are you, brother? Thanks for having me on. Not a bother at all. Great to have you on. Um, <clears throat> where do we begin with this? And uh, what a weekend of uh, football to say the least. Um, but we'll uh, we'll run down quickly through the results. Um, some really interesting results in terms of the top four race and also in terms of the relegation battle. So we started on Friday night, Newcastle with a big win over Wolves 1-0. Then we got into the lunchtime game, and we'll come back to this, Everton won, Man United 0. Arsenal won, Brighton 2. Southampton 0, Chelsea 6. Should have hung on to a few of them for tomorrow night. There was no Russian using them all up. Um, Watford, Watford 0, Leeds 3. Aston Villa nil, Tottenham four. Aston Villa on a bit of a, a slide at the moment, getting tapped up a bit. Then we went into Sunday. Brentford two, West Ham nil. Leicester two, Palace one. Norwich two, Burnley nil. And we rounded out the weekend with the, the title race, the cider apparently, which finished Man City two, Liverpool two. Let's go back. We'll start. Everton one, Man United nil. We don't have any... Uh, Man United um, contingent on tonight. Let's say Mark's busy and Darren's busy. Um, I don't know where we begin with this. It was an absolute dreadful performance. I think United were in control for the say first 15 minutes or so and then they just wilted away and once Everton got that goal um, albeit a great shot from Gordon but was deflected in off Harry Maguire and I'm sort of at the stage now where Harry Maguire if he was sitting on the subs bench he'd probably deflect something in. He's that unlucky now at United. Um what was you thinking on that one? You just listen with the I, I don't get the love in with Harry Maguire, also. You know what I mean? Like, there you'll have some fans come out defending him, mm. you'll have majority of the fans coming out and saying, Look, he's actually tripe, and then you've Garrett Selke who still you know swears by him. So, I've said it multiple times on this podcast, and like you said, they're um. We're, we're kind of united less tonight. There's probably a few fans here that are going, oh, we got the Chelsea boy instead. Hmm. Uh, it's going to be all Chelsea talk, or but, but I promise you that won't be the case. But uh, we'll have a little less United talk as as usual, probably in terms of uh, in terms of how the game went. Um, look, if Darren was here, he'd probably say the same. Or Mark, like it's just beyond defending at this point, isn't it? Um, you know, that's that's what Harry Maguire is beyond defending because he can't defend. Um, don't know what he adds to the team. I've yet to see it. You know, we saw a little bit of it at Leicester, but did it warrant 80 million or whatever it was? No. Um, I I just I I don't I don't see how the guy can consistently play and be called the United captain. Um, when you look at the pictures of him and Ronaldo and you look at a Harry Maguire giving Ronaldo instructions, mm. you're just going, Ronaldo's, it's quick, it's on Ronaldo's face saying, fuck off. Yeah, Thanks. well, I kind of I kind of listened. Um, there was an interesting stat came out today that I was listening to. Um, and to the day, three years ago, I think it was, United got beaten by Everton 4-0. And Solskjaer, after that game, came out and said, that there'd be a number of players that play today that wouldn't be in the Man United side going forward. 
And the interesting stuff from that three years on is there's still nine of those players in the Man United squad and six of those players played the other day. And I thought I thought that was, um, what would you say, like a sad indictment on the development of Man United, um, probably under Solskjaer. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what, what have you made of Ranić? I mean, Ranić came in and there was all this kind of fuzz about it that, you know, he was he was the kind of the creator of the Gagan press and, you know, he laid the foundation for the likes of Klopp and Tuchel and stuff like that and all. And he seemed to um, get thrust into this interim position, uh, which put him in a very difficult position, really, because as we know, interim managers, it's just a disaster at most clubs, no matter where you are. Um, but he's, he's come in and it seems now that they're even, um, they're moving a little bit away from the fact that they're going to even use him as a consultant, that he's going to be kind of really from a distance as opposed to being in an office upstairs, if you like. Um, but safe to say, I mean, the results have been really, really poor. And to me, looking at that Everton game the other day, um, it, it seems like those players have checked out at this stage, that they've decided there's a new manager coming in all being in May or June or whenever it happens. It looks like it's going to be Eric Ten Hag. Um, and they've checked out. They've checked out. They've now desired to fight for top four. They'd be lucky if they end up in top six. I don't think any of them fancy the Europa League. So it looks like those players at the moment are playing that they'd be happier to be in eighth than they would be to be in fifth and sixth. Um, but it's a strange conundrum for them because they also know there's a number of players leaving. They also know if they don't make Champions League, I would expect Ronaldo to leave because he ain't got much left in the tank and I'm sure he wants to play Champions League football for his last couple of years or whatever it is. They also need a central defender. They need a CDM. Um, and that's not taking into account, you know, replacing players that are there on the bench, the likes of Mata, Lingard. I mean, bringing Mata on the other day. I mean, Mata was barely relevant in 2013. And this is 2022. Um, so it's it's just strange there in total, you know what I mean? It's just a weird one um, and hard to understand. And now you have Ten Hag coming in, who's going to have a massive rebuild job, which I don't think he'll get done in even maybe two or three windows because I don't think the Glaziers are the type to go out and just bring in four, five, six players. Well, look, in Ranić's defence, like, look, he's had to come in and work with the same group of players that we've been talking about under Solskjaer that he mentioned that wouldn't be there, you know what, whatever, nine of them wouldn't be playing there in three years and they're still playing. Was that an exact quote, was it? Which? Yeah, the Solskjaer quote, saying like that there was certain... Yeah, that's, a, that's an exact quote. It, it's basically either, I think it's either three, it, it must be three years to the day because I think he was only there three years. So it right. must be three years to, to nearly the date whenever they bet them 4-0. Um, and that so, was the, that was the comment that was made. So it lends itself then to you know the Dazzlers theory and Greg's theory and you know Mark's theory and all the United fans theory that are kind of open minded about it and not just with the blinkers on. That this ownership quite clearly doesn't really give a fuck and they just they throw money at a problem, but it's it's in the wrong. You know, it's like it's like saying we have a leak at the back of the boat. Grand. Let's make the front of the boat look fucking spectacular. So we go and get Ronaldo, you know, and that'll appease them. But like all the world, the leak is still at the back and it's going to it's going to sink eventually. And I think that's essentially what we're, you know, where we're at now. Um, mm. like, I'm sorry, I think, you know, you need two defenders 
because Maguire ain't going to cut it. I don't think he's a top, 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 top level defender. I don't think he's, you know what I mean? I what, what, think... what, do, what do you reckon's happened to him? Because, I mean, he was an exceptional defender at Leicester. And I mean, I just, you, you, you that's where you, I was going. You know what I mean? That's like you, was... you don't get a price tag of 80 million, you know, by well, not putting in a shift and not putting in performances. And and even when he went into United first, he was he was kind of decent enough, like you know what I mean? He yeah, wasn't he wasn't decent. rubbish like was he ever an eight out of ten though? Consistently. <clears throat> I, I think the answer to that is no. And I mean I think he I think he was at Leicester. I think he was oh, at yeah, Leicester. Yeah, but I, I yeah. United, but like, yeah. this is what I'm saying. The boy, it's not the boy's fault. Mm. That he was bought for 80 million. It's not his fault that he yeah. was bought for 80 million. Like, I think he was at a level. It's like you look at a Jamie Vardy, right? Mm. We'll never know the answer, but say Jamie Vardy had went to Arsenal. What if hypothetically he didn't he didn't cut the mustard? And that's his place. There's certain levels of players that really thrive in an environment at, at just a tier under. Mm. Like that, don't necessarily always make it to the big time. We, Noel, we, we've seen a case in point. I'm sure you, with your fucking fantastic research that you do, could probably find a number of guys that just don't cut it when they go to that level. You know what I mean? And I think that I, I just think the club itself and the expectations of those fans and the history behind that club, I think it's a bridge too far for Harry Maguire personally. Um, that's, that's just and, and, you, and you talk coming in terms of shouldering the captaincy and everything and being a leader yeah. and all that as opposed yeah. to just being a central defender exactly if he was if he was given the expectation say that um, what's the you know I don't know Eric Boyle Eric Boyle was mm. you know what I mean he'd probably thrive under that you yeah. know like why isn't that level of expectancy on Varane you know Varane kind of gets a get out of jail free card all the time because of who he is and, and his past that's because he played for a premier team and obviously has proved it in Europe and has multiple medals to back it up. And mm. um, I think Harry Maguire's was not the answer. It, it, it's it's kind of like it's a 50-50 thing. It's like it's not his fault, mm. but at the same time, it's his fault. You know what I mean? Yes, I suppose it's somewhere in the middle. It's somewhere it in is. the middle. And I suppose, I mean, he could easily potentially go off to a Newcastle or go off to another team and probably rediscover his form again or something like that, you know what I mean? So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But yeah, I take your point on potentially two central defenders, but again, that adds to the headache again because that's another body, you know? Yeah. Um, Arsenal won Brighton two. Arteta seems to be um, falling at the final hurdle in terms of this top four race. Palace gave them a lesson the week before and now Brighton's come out and beat them 2-1. Um, they were shocking at the weekend. Um Granit Xhaka put in left back because Tierney's missing. Midfield then, Lakonga going in there with no experience. Odegaard playing a bit more forward. Um, some shocking decisions there from Arteta in terms of player selection and setup and stuff like that. And especially against a team like Brighton, who we know are so strong box-to-box in midfield with Eve Basuma oh. and stuff like that, you know? So it was a really, really poor um, strategy, let's say, um, to go up against Brighton in this way. Um, and it was a massive game where they really needed to win it um, because now Spurs are putting a bit of daylight between themselves and this top four race. Um, what, what, what's your making on Arteta at the moment? Well, shout out to Mark, who likes to usually comment and to throw jabs at me there. Hey, Mark Gren. 
and mm. good friend of mine to be fair we went to school with him he likes to throw jabs there in the old comment section but I'm sure Mark um, is probably going to agree with what I'm saying here listen I, I personally think that Arteta's got a little bit too plucky in, in his squad thinking that he can kind of make those kind of ridiculous decisions and think that they're going to come off um, I, I look Arsenal still have a fantastic academy and they, they put a lot of money into it I, I can't see how there isn't someone in reserve at left back to come in and keep Zaka in his own position um, just just once it's just the usual it's, it's kind of Arsenal and Spurs every season now you know we can tease and banter and call them bottlers, but the fact is that they are bottlers. Do you know what I mean? They really are. Like mm. all, all week we got um, you know, as Chelsea fans, ah, that's it, we're coming for third spot, like you know, between between the both sets of fans. And you just laugh at them at the end because they always end up with egg on their face. Because they they always step out of their, their zone. Do you know what I mean? And I think you asked me about Arteta in particular. Listen, I think Arteta has potential to be a great, and he is a good manager. You know, he's 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 definitely turned it around. You know, from where we were at the start of the season, but realistically, <coughs> he thinks he's a little bit better than he is, and I think sometimes he steps out of his jurisdiction with his, uh, you know, with his. Just, his <coughs> yeah, this I think it's play. um, I think it's a case of um, managing the the fan base expectation, isn't it? Exactly. I think the fans still think that they're they're back in Highbury almost and you're kind of laughing. Like I had to laugh at Arsenal fan TV the other day and I know they don't speak for the, the collective fans of the whole club, but you know, blaming Chelsea on the loan system. Like they've done that twice now. You've probably heard that. Mm. Oh, well, the, the Chelsea loan system fucked us up on this particular match, you know. And then they, little did they know that like Lamptey wasn't a loanee. He, they actually signed him. Mm. So it's like... <laughs> They've almost they've almost become a little bit of a laughing stock, and like I say, I do that with with uh, with banter in my heart, but also I understand how big a club Arsenal are and how passionate their fans are. Mm. So I'm not saying that just to have a jab at Arsenal. <coughs> like the fan expectation is there, but for a reason, though. Mm. They were promised, they were sold a bill of goods under Arsene Wenger. He was kind of like the Bertie Ahern of fucking football. You know what I mean? He got out of Dodge while the going was good. And, and and even though he was getting criticism, he got out with his respect in fucking tact. Uh, and the repercussions of it have been they were they were given a 60,000 seater stadium. The money that they bring in is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I believe that the, the tickets for some of the suites and the boots there are absolutely astronomical. Mm. They have, you know, the tickets. It's that the, the, the price that the fans have to pay for the tickets is, is unreal. But yet, they don't see any of it coming into the club. Well, like I, I, well be... I don't think that's true either, because, I mean, they have spent money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they spent money on Ramsdale. They spent money on Ben White. They they spent they brought players in. I think they spent somewhere in the region. Is it 130, 140 million okay, last but, summer? But, what's their, but in you today's know? economy, oh, right. Well, then you, you compare them to the FSG model. Do yeah, you but think I, it's a case that the director of football then for a vision like what what vision do Arsenal have at the moment like the Arsenal way we hear about all the time. Well, I and think I, say, I think that has changed slightly and developed over time and evolved a little bit because now they're looking at a, a case it's it's kind of project youth with a sprinkling of experience. But I just think I think to reflect on the game at the weekend, I think it was more 
I think they set it up in, in a way that it was Project Youth with very little experience. And I just thought yeah, it was unfair. I thought it was unfair to expect Laconga to go into the midfield and come up against those guys like Basuma and stuff like that. Who, who's so, I mean, Brighton's midfield is so strong. Um, and I, th- I think it would, I think basically Arteta got it wrong tactically, and that's what that's what came to fruition basically. Um, and that 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 result really lies with him from a tactics point of view. Um, but I mean, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to regroup. I'm not saying they're out of the top four race yet, but I mean, I know they've. They've lost Partey, I think. I think he's gone to injury or else suspension. I'm not too sure. And I know they've lost Tierney. Um, and they chose um, they chose not to go into the market in January to provide a little bit of cover there. They, they chose to sit with what they had. Aubameyang went out. Um, they kind of struggled at times to find goals. Well, well, I, well I, I think with him, I think he had to go. And I think, in fairness to Arsenal as well, I think they did go into the market and they did try to sign players. But I, yeah, but I think the level that they tried to go for, I don't think it was achievable with the likes of Flahovic and stuff like that. But this I don't is my think point. He was, yeah. This is my point. They huff and they puff and they try and make it look like that to appease the fans. It's the same fucking thing that we were talking about Man United. Mm. We were going in for Flahovic. Oh yeah, why didn't you make the fucking signing then? Because if you'd have put the right money in and you'd have put the right offer on the table, you'd have got him. And the fact I, is, I don't, I don't, I don't think they would have ever got him. I don't think, like if you're weighing up an opportunity to go to them or go to Juventus, you're going to go to Juventus. Aren't okay, you? but you still could have went in and got someone like Isaac then, who you've been fucking, you know, firing, bleeding, lovely little lovings for, you know, little. Yeah, but I think I, I think what happened was they were led down the garden path a bit with Flahovic, and then by the time that had turned on its head. It was too late to do the deal with which a man Alexander. I, I think they, I think they led themselves down the garden path the same way they done with mm. Luis Suarez, forty million plus one pound. They do this mm. to appease the fans all the time. I've known Arsenal fans that are friends as well that would say the same thing. Mm. Like I'm not just having a go here. Listen, I want to see the likes of the Arsenals and all these big clubs fucking challenging again to make the mm. Premier League even better next year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just think that they're fucking. They're a little bit like. You know the the little red riding hood kind of fucking story here where they go, oh they huff and they puff. It's it's yeah, yeah I, 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 and it's their ownership and it's the fans. I feel sorry for because mm. all joking aside, they do deserve better for the amount of money that they put in to support their club. And you can yeah. see the passion in their eyes, like they they get angry. Yeah, <laughs> you know what absolutely. I mean? Let's let's move on. Your own club six nil against Southampton. Nothing to be sniffed at there. Big win at St Mary's. Generally not an easy place to go. Uh, Southampton again kind of looking like a team that's kind of um, they're safe now so they're kind of checked out a little bit if you like Ralph is kind of nearly has the boys on deck chairs at this stage but again never easy putting six goals away in a Premier League toy um, and uh, unusual place some of the goals came from as well frightening uh, <laughs> scary enough like Timo Werner cropping up, I think, with two. Looking like uh, looking like the Leipzig fucking striker that he that we were meant to buy <laughs> two years ago. Um yeah, Timo was actually man of the match for me, funnily enough. Hit the bar, hit the post and the bar three times, as well as scoring two goals. And eventually got two over the line. <laughs> well, I mean, the first goal that he scored was absolutely yeah. fantastic. I mean, that run was was Timo Werner. Of Leipzig, you know what I mean? That was Torres-esque, you know, running, you know, rounded the keeper, scoring. And then even the goal for Kai Havertz uh, that he got the little tap in. Um, that that piece of play by Timo, he, he beat two or three defenders, hit it with venom. 
hit the post and you're going, this lad's luck. And then he eventually got his tap in for the second one. But um, yeah, Timo was fantastic. Uh, Mount got the haircut, which I think he should never, ever grow again. Because A, he's a sexy beast. And B, the hair gets in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's about to take a cross sometimes and he's fixing the hair like i used to get slagged for that when i had long hair back in the wrestling days and mm. um, shout out to peter farrell who you know very well used to slag me <laughs> it's like always doing that and you don't even notice that you're doing it like yeah. and uh poor old mason mount uh had a little video compilation made from some from some smart fan um of him flicking his hair every time the ball comes to him so it was a, it was a, no, look, all joking aside, it was exactly what we needed going into this second leg. Whatever, whatever chocolates um, Thomas Tuka was eating, I would love to know the name of them so I could send a batch of them over to him. Um, because, well, certainly, cer- certainly his, um, his having a go at the players generated the correct right. reaction. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hold fire on the Champions League. We're going to talk about it later on in the show and get your oh, yeah, thoughts and predictions on that, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Leeds with a big win against Watford 3-0, of course. Huge uh, win. I think Huge they're win. pretty much safe at this stage. And Spurs racking up a real good win. Son looking the absolute business with Kuliszewski and Kane in the half-five kickoff, beating Aston Villa 4-0. Um, Gerrard has actually, I saw a stat today, you know, Gerrard and Lampard are similar in stats again. In fact, mm. Lampard is 0.6 or something like that ahead of Gerrard with his win ratio. So the two boys are having yeah. a bit of a, bit of a mare at the moment, I'm, aren't they? I'm not too worried about Villa so long as they show up the last day of the season against City and Coutinho scores the winner in the 90th minute or something, then I'll be happy. You know what, you wouldn't, you wouldn't doubt it, would you? <sighs> the story is being written already, my friend. Um, as long as they don't slip yeah game that we were talking about yesterday this title decider game what it was billed as um, two all have finished Man City and Liverpool so it's going to back in City's hands now it was in our hands yesterday at kickoff time um, I mean what was your thinking of the game I thought we were very poor first half all over the place at sixes and sevens second half he obviously roasted them in the dressing room they came out and they were fired up in their belly, got the equaliser early in the second half and kind of took somewhat control of the game in the second half. But um, these are two teams really at the top of their game, aren't they? Um, look, I watched the game yesterday. I was actually really looking forward to it. I, I, um, I kind of had marked it in my calendar. The missus knew. <laughs> she, she sat and watched it with me because she knew that it was, a, it was an important game to watch. Look, I, I, I said it to you, score draw. I had kind of predicted 2-2. Two, two. As a lot of people had, it wasn't it wasn't a miracle, you know, prediction by any stretch. But um, it just it just had that kind of, you know, 2-2-y two, two kind of feeling about it. You know, you weren't going to Always it, when Sky builds up these super Sundays and then they end up You know being, what I mean? And I wouldn't say, now don't yeah. get me wrong, it was a fabulous game. It wasn't a grab draw by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. Still. No, look, um, it was... City came out... Fuck me, they came out absolutely firing on all cylinders. Um, could have been a couple up, to be fair. Could have put, could have put the toy away, and we could have maybe had a four-four draw. I don't know. With the with the way Liverpool play, you would you wouldn't count them out coming back from that. Um, it was it was fantastic. Like Kevin De Bruyne just playing the way Kevin De Bruyne plays. I thought Joe Cancelo is my god, he is some player, isn't he? Um. It just his touch and his control. He's more. He's more than just a right back. 
Um, fantastic player. Um, but just the way City played was fantastic in the first few minutes. They get the goal and then Liverpool come back. You're going, shit, this is proper game on. Mm. Liverpool looked rattled at times, but I guess uh, defensively, I think, at times in the first half, they looked a little bit rattled. There was a bit, they were kind of making decisions that you wouldn't normally expect Liverpool to make. But we were um, we were we were somewhat nearly beaten at our own game because what they did was they flipped the yeah. coin on us and they played the press. Yeah. And what happened was yeah. they bypassed our midfield and exposed our defense. Because normally we'd be rock solid in midfield there with Hendo and Fabinho yeah. and Thiago yeah. or Keita, whoever's in there. But the midfield was taken out of it. Like, I mean, if you look at Hendo and Fabinho, it's as bad a performance as they've had all season. So what happened was the, the defence suddenly was in the firing line trying to figure out yeah. what the hell's going on. And it took them time to settle down and figure out what City were doing. But in reality, I called it 20 minutes in. I said, these guys are beating us at our own game. What's going on here? Like, um, Yeah, it was. A, I think the two boys, for you in particular, Jota was always moving, but the two boys, obviously the wingers, the you know Salah-Mane yeah. connection wasn't really at it in the first half. There was, you know, the, the balls were going up, but they weren't really executing that to mm. you know as to what you would expect from them um i thought once i got the equalizer it did change it a little bit and then again the defense got caught up and obviously for the second goal it was actually a lovely little training ground uh training ground routine yeah, it was just trent, went, finished trent went to sleep it, well look i mean i was hoping you'd mention trent because i mean we, we Whatever Sky Sports and their love him with English players, I mean, like, oh Jesus, the the right back Trent is an absolutely fabulous player going forward, but he was exposed, I thought, at times yesterday. Yeah, Man Man so City, he, Man City seemed to know his number. Um, yes, and and what they do is they 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 kind of gang up on him a bit because they know. Um, I don't know what it is. He gets a little bit sometimes nervous in these games when he gets a little bit caught out on it. The Jesus goal was the, the perfect example because he was right yeah. there. And instead of, as you're taught as a kid, even playing football, follow the player in, always follow the player in. And you could see you could see the Liverpool defender saying, like, yeah, yeah. he just you know, said you could see Robertson, wasn't it? Yeah, Robertson he, was like, Ew. Yeah, he just he just he just froze and that was it. And Jesus went in and lovely finish by Jesus as well. It wasn't an easy finish up into the roof because no. he had Allison coming at him a full stretch as well. Um, I thought then, Robertson had a great um, first half, personally. And, and obviously, that's why they target the right side, because obviously, yeah. defensively, Robertson's mm. a bit more solid and he, he'd yeah. be kind of having a go at you. Like, well, you they, doubled, I mean? they doubled up on him as well, and he got frustrated as well. You've seen him with Van Dijk. Van Dijk was playing balls into him. He got a bit frustrated with Van Dijk as well. Yeah. Um, he was Van Dijk was playing balls into him when he wasn't open and stuff like that. He got he really bit, frustrated. He looked a bit not himself yesterday at times, didn't he? Van Dijk. Van Dijk. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, do you know what it was? I think it was just a collection of the midfield being so porous and, and a combination of, like, we're not used to being pressed the way we press. We're normally <laughs> in control of these games. So now we felt what like the victim. Now we felt like the victim in these matches. Now we felt like what other teams feel when they go against us. Um, and it was very, very uncomfortable. And at times... They, well, remember uh, that the next time that you're absolutely raping teams, will you? <laughs> oh, well, that's well, that's <laughs> a bit of sympathy. <laughs> we never have sympathy. This is our game. By the way, shout out to fucking uh, Alison Becker on that fucking save in the first half. My Sterling one. God. Oh, from point blank range. Mm. Man, I thought 
they're running away with this. That was that to me was a pivotal moment in the game, mm. and they're the moments that you don't necessarily make the back pages. That yeah. was pivotal because if it's two 0 down, it's all well and good saying yeah, Liverpool in the back, but you also know then that you have to worry about the counter then in Man City, which is what they're good at. Yeah. So that was shout out to Alison Becker. That was yeah. absolutely fantastic yeah. goal. But, but I think overall it was a great game, and um, you know we push on now. Obviously we've got Benfica midweek. I, I think we more or less have that done and dusted. To be honest, well I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll, I'll say it, and a lot of people won't expect it coming out of my mouth. But at, at this moment, yeah, they are the two. They're the two best teams on the planet. Mm. You know what I mean? I know we're defending European champions, and look, don't sleep on Chelsea <laughs> tomorrow night. Yeah. But I will say, just in terms of how their managers know their squad, the stability of the squad. The, consist- the consistency. The consistency, consistency of churning out game after game after Fantastic. game and at that, that was, kind that of level. I thought that wasn't an overrated game at all. I heard some people saying ah, it was a little bit overrated. It wasn't as excited as... No, as I thought as, it was a great game for the Premier League. Great game one of the best, for the Premier League. One of the best matches I've seen all season, person. Yeah. Um, just before we get into the hot topics, just to remind people, coming up this week, we're going to have a Benfica preview. I'll be dropping that on the Shanky Sessions. It'll be going out tomorrow. Um, we're going to have a Premier League and FA Cup preview. Myself and Darren always do that. And we'll also be doing a beat the bookie. It'll be a league and FA Cup combo this week because we have both league and FA Cup. And then obviously I'll be doing a preview later in the week and match reactions for the FA Cup uh, where we play Man City again, but this time at Wembley in a one-off game, which will be very interesting to see if tactics change or if personnel change to see what happens. So that's just a little flavour of what's coming up this week on the upper tier and the Shankly sessions. Um, Let's get into these hot topics then. And we start off with um, footage emerging on Saturday from Ronaldo who got a... a tad bit upset in the tunnel at Goodison and smacked the phone out of a supporter's hands. Um, you know, it's, I suppose you can understand, you can't condone it, obviously, because um, you're supposed to be a professional footballer. But I see a video... Way, before, before you complete your sentence, you're talking to Ian yeah. Kelly. Of yeah. course, I understand frustration <laughs> and lashing out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I, think, I think footage released today... Um, from the fan side of things as well as the boys were walking down the tunnel and uh, the abuse was atrocious absolutely atrocious and uh, you know and and I'm not speaking here on the whole of the Everton fan base and not because I'm a Liverpool fan or like that and I know there's 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 abuse that happens well you're also speaking look you're not a fan of the Man United contingent but you're Mm. also you know you're you're speaking as a human yeah but But I'm just I'm just thinking like you're just I can somewhat understand this, you know, the petulance of his frustration because this is a guy who has played football at the very highest level for a long, long time with the best teams in the world, with the most success in the world. And he finds himself at United and you get a performance like that. And look, that performance lands at his door as well. It's not just these guys, it's him as well. And, um, I think the whole move to United for him is just boiling over at the moment. It's been so frustrating. I think the idea was he was going to come back and lead United potentially to the promised land again and enshrine himself in the legacy of the club and all. And it's been an absolute disaster. Um, but I, I think he came out, in fairness to him, he came out afterwards, he manned up and he apologised and he said he shouldn't have done it and all that. But, you know, that's where it kind of lies at the moment. Um 
but yeah, it was it was it was an interesting one. But those fans were going in hard. They, I mean, forget about what they what they were saying to him. The the stuff that I seen today on video footage, what they were saying to Bruno Fernandez and all walking through the tunnel and all, it was just uh, bad stuff. Bad, bad, bad stuff. Um, Look, I mean, at the end of the day, I had this I had this conversation with my better half when I showed her the video, and I kind of. Look, I was kind of seeing where Ronaldo was coming from in in a sense, in a sense. And then I saw obviously the video, or sorry, the picture that the father put up and like the tiniest little bruise on the hand. My kid is 12 years old. Oh, boo, 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 boo. but maybe, yeah, exactly. So look, you know, we're coming from the pro wrestling background. Everyone knows that you're thinking, right, if you're the heel, you're going, right, that's what you want. Ronaldo's not trying to be the heel, but unfortunately... When you are in a in a situation and you're in an in an away ground, in an important time of the season, in a time where Everton were actually fearing that they were possibly going to get relegated, even mm. emotions are always going to run high. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you can't police fans' emotions. You can only police their actions after the fact. You know what I mean? But professional footballers or professional athletes or people that are paid to be role models and stuff like that, that can be controlled, right? Mm. Bite your lip, get down the fucking tunnel and just don't give them an excuse. I understand the feeling of lashing out. I've had it millions of times where you just want to fucking deck some cunt. Mm. You know what I mean? We all have. If you had the Dazzler on tonight, he'd be telling you how he'd fucking eat someone's fucking head off if, if in certain situations. But yeah. I guarantee you he wouldn't do something like that. And I think, unfortunately, Ronaldo is, <laughs> he's had enough PR and kind of, you know, all this kind of role model training, you know, in his career that he knows that's the wrong, that's, that's frustration from his own performance and his own team. And he's taking it out on fans. A lot of players know how to shut it off. I see both sides of it. I don't want to kind of, I don't want to be boring for your listeners here and say I'm going to sit on the fence with this one. Um, I understand there was something, some horrible things probably being said. Look, there was some horrible things, by the way, I wanted to call that out by the Man City fans yesterday um, to the Liverpool fans. You know, that was, yeah. you know, not called for uh, regarding Hillsborough. There's just certain fucking places you don't go with football banter and that's it. Do you know what I mean? That's my opinion on it and that's it. You just don't go there. Ever, no matter how frustrated you are. And I think it goes for the players too. I just think Ronaldo made a mistake. He manned up, but obviously, you know, that da with the little picture of whatever bruise that was supposed to be on the 12-year-old's hand, it's... it's Oh, yeah, your man will be in a cast from his hand right down to his toe at this stage, probably, you know what I mean? But that's just, that's the reality. If you take action like that, that's the reality of what you're opening yourself up to. So Exactly. That's what that's what I'm saying with the professionalism. Just don't put yourself in those positions. But look, yeah, I mean, the Everton fans, does it surprise you? Mm, no. Top four race. Is it done? Is it Spurs? Yeah. Think so? I think so. I think so. Um, look, I don't think with seven games to go, I don't think Chelsea are going to be caught for third place. So I think it is, it's the fourth. And yeah. I just don't see what Arsenal have that because, I mean, Conte now seems to have them kind of Home. sing into his hymn sheet. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, obviously, Arsenal have to play Chelsea. Arsenal have a couple of difficult games, don't they? Yeah. Um, in the in the I haven't seen the run up, but I know that they've a, a more difficult run up. Um, than Spurs well, they've, they've the play Spurs. They've the play Spurs <coughs> well, at um at the there we go round. So yeah, well that's gonna be a nice uh, that's gonna be a nice little one for the neutrals, isn't it? Mm. Um. I'm kind but of thinking if it, it could be quite tight going to that game, it'd be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It would be nice, like you know. But uh, no, but uh, uh, yeah, I think I think Spurs will. I think Spurs yeah. will take it personally. I think if you were having a bet, you'd be putting the money on Conte before you put the money on Arteta, wouldn't you? He's got the know-how, hasn't he? The experience yeah. alone, and I mean, absolutely. Son is just in absolutely like what what player for Arsenal is in that kind of form that you can almost bet. He's gonna mm. score or pull you out of it. He's gonna pull you out of the out of the deep waters. And, and also, and also has the experience that himself and Kane and guys like that have there. You know exactly. You yeah. know what I mean. So no, I, I think Arsenal once again are destined they'll, for they'll come up short. Yeah. Um. Any update on the Chelsea purchase, the new ownership? I know today was deadline day, was it? <laughs> once again, rain group of. Uh, yeah, a couple of days ago after our recording, which is mm. up now on the Chelsea War for any Chelsea fans that do like what I have to say. Um, yeah, they, they they extended it to <clears throat> to the 18th, okay. but I think this is the actual def- definite extension. <laughs> apparently, um, this is the definite extension. Um, it's look, apparently Paluka with his mystery bitters and all uh, were, were to meet with uh, Paul Cannaville and Co. Um, over the last couple of days, but it's it's uh, it's it's come down to the Ricketts and Todd Bowley's group. Todd Bowley, uh, for anyone that has been following, he's obviously part owner of the uh, LA Dodgers, but the actual full owner has now joined his group as well. So okay. you're literally getting full LA Dodgers going in, and uh, the Rickett family stuff has kind of died down, bar a couple of people on Twitter. And I think that's purely, but like the, like we said on, on my show, the Twitter fans don't speak for the, the collective fan. I was expecting, um, I was expecting a lot of these lads to rock up the St. Mary's with little election rosettes on them and scarves and hats and everything and all. You know? yeah. I'd have had the little little American badge just on there. Yeah, 100%. Make Chelsea um, great again, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh man, you know, I'd have been wearing that hat. Um, so... It's um, it it's it's it looks like it's it's a fifty fifty with those two. Really, they're both, they both given the golden share, which you know what is for your listeners. The golden share is that um, basically there will be Chelsea fans on the board at like I think a, 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 a like a one percent capacity or something, but it's all led behind John Terry and stuff like that. So, um, it's but the, the Wonka, it's the Wonka, it's the Wonka ticket for the fans. Right. So Wonka ticket, yeah. yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's gonna be interesting come next week. I'd say it'll probably be probably have a bigger um a bigger segment on your your show. Yeah. That's what I would say. Absolutely. So we'll we'll wait another week. They've kept us waiting yeah. this long, we'll wait another week. Yeah, um, imagine how I feel. <sighs> yeah. Champions League semi-final predictions. Who do you reckon's gonna be the final four teams into the semis? Well, you would expect a bounce back from Bayern, wouldn't you? You would. But um, they've, been, you? they've been a little bit indifferent recently, haven't they? To say the least. Um, yeah, I think we're both, I think we're both kind of looking for fences to jump on here. 
Yeah, um, no, I, I, to be honest with you, it, from a Liverpool point of view, I, I, I well, Liverpool, I guess Liverpool, we're true. You're home and joy. Yeah, be a brave man, man who'd bet against us. Um, man City is an interesting one going to Atletico with a one goal lead. We know yeah. how dogged Simeone can be. And we know that once he presses that button, that Atletico can switch it on. There is talent there if needed. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, um, first of all, what Man City side he feels, obviously, after a tough game yesterday against Liverpool. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of expecting City to come through it. But again, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. Um, because, yeah. you know... I wouldn't put money on the game. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I'm I, I'm expecting City to go through because I think once you've once you've gotten to a final, you've felt that and you've experienced that and you understand it, and normally your pathway back you have a reasonable chance. Yeah. Um. Uh, in terms of Bayern and Villarreal, I would expect Bayern to go through, but you know, Emery Emery's a master of these. European toys. He just knows sometimes how to get it done and how to set up his tactics are normally brilliant. Um, but I would imagine the quality that's there at Bayern, not that there's a lack of quality at Villarreal, but the quality that's there at Bayern should, in theory, shine through. But who knows, if they were to give away an early goal to Villarreal, it could be uphill from there on, you know. And let's say if, if, if Muller and the boys have the, the desire and the, the fortitude... The stones, the cajones to get it done. Um, let's move on to your own one. Obviously, Real Madrid three one up. Um, obviously, is are back in form after two poor results. Um, what, what you're thinking? I heard news today. Thomas Tuchel has said that Lukaku ain't traveling. That's probably the music best. to Chelsea fans' ears. <laughs> this is like Stone Cold Steve Austin Open. Opening two cold ones and pouring them down the, the that lad not being in the uh, in in the dressing room is a good thing, um I think, um we done a we done a podcast that'll be coming out tomorrow myself and Alex who has been on your show in the past yeah. and we we done a prediction and we we, we kind of said our piece about Lukaku and it, it wasn't like a a hit piece on his character on him as a person, but it kind of was. <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it's football um, related with your club as well. And all exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. It's not talking about his personal life, but but in terms of what he's done to Chelsea Football Club, I think he's uplifted us now. Um, I think with the Roman sanctions, we've seen now that Google didn't want any part in that. He would have been playing this front three. And the front three that we saw at St. Mary's is the front three that done all the devastating work under Tuchel last year with Timo Werner, Mason Mount and Coy Havertz. Um, little interesting stuff for all the Mount haters out there. Uh, he's only third to Son and uh, who was it? Son and some, uh, Salah. Son and Salah. Salah, yeah. Um, in goal contributions this season. So mm. that says a lot, doesn't it? Um, I look I don't want to be too bravado here to to have egg in my face, but I, I think you get an early goal in this toy and it's toy back on, 100%. Yeah, you guys have to score first and score early, don't you? You have to put one in, yep. say, within 20 minutes and not concede. Um, I am very confident that we can get the job done tomorrow. I don't know why. I don't know 
what's making me that confident? You know, I'm putting myself out there. Well, you're you're the defending champions, so you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna lie down, are you? You're you're not gonna watching, just give watching it up. That, watching that game against Southampton. If Kante and Kovacic play with that kind of game that they had against their midfield, it will cause them problems just because of the youth and energy in it compared to how, how you know the age of their midfield. Don't forget they're they're out of uh, they're kind of a little bit of out, out of options at the back with uh, Melito is out as well. Melito. He's obviously banned. Um, Courtois could be a saving grace, but I I think. We pressed them the way we did at Stanford Bridge. In fairness, there were moments. There was a twenty-five minute period at, at, at that uh, at that game that Madrid took advantage of with two absolute world class goals from Karen Benzema. He's the key tomorrow. If we can keep him quiet, then we have a real good chance. But yeah. you just don't know what Benzema is going to come up with. He's probably the best striker in the world at the moment right now. Yeah, he's had a great season so far. Um, but you're, you're quietly confident. You reckon yourselves and City in the semi-final? I think we can get it to extra time. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 reckon you're going to be in the semi-final? That's what you that's yeah. what you're thinking is the moment. Good show. Yeah. Okay. So I I think I think you have a great chance. I think the quality is there. I think if the team shows up, I think your midfield is... Yeah, well, I mean, that's what you'd expect. I mean, like, I'm not expecting you to come on here and say, yeah, Real Madrid all the way. You're the champions, you know? I mean, you have to go down fighting. Um, But I'm aware aware of the obstacle, though. Yeah, and the obstacle is huge. Um, Huge. um, So it it should be be an amazing match. Um, and, And it'd be... Even more amazing if Chelsea were to go out in the first 15, 20 minutes and bang a goal in. How interesting would that be? Um, let's move on then. Title race. Liverpool, Man City. How do you see it going now? I can't fucking call it. Hmm. It's like, on one hand, you were thinking yesterday, who does a draw benefit? You're thinking it benefits City because they still have the, the point lead. Hmm. But I think looking at Pep after the game yesterday, that will have infuriated him knowing that the chance was there to win it. Mm. Because um, four points would have been done. Four points would well, have been done. Whereas Liverpool probably would have been happy to get the fucking point at half time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and live the fight another day. Mm. And I think the fact that they did it so quick, and then you had the best of, I would say, the first maybe thirty minutes of the first half. Am I being too kind to Liverpool? I'd say no. They, the first, the, no, the first half they, the first half they had. No, sorry, the second half. Second half, yeah. Say. Second half, we came into a bit more. Once we got that early goal, we started taking a bit of control of the game. Well, I will say there was some controversy, like lucky boy Thiago. I have to say, lucky boy, because the first one could have very well been a yellow and the second yeah. was definitely a yellow. So that could be a red. And Fabinho. And, obviously, and then Fabinho as well. Um, I, I mentioned it yesterday. Fabinho was one of those. He's a really smart 
Fowler, isn't he? Like, you know, he's 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 like Milner. He, he gets up and smiles at the ref and the ref just looks at him. You know, James yeah. Milner? James Milner can fail you five or six times, can gets up and smile, yeah. but because he's such a likable guy, the refs don't yeah. think he's a nasty, there's this nastiness in him. Yeah. And they just, they just, they just let it ride out. You've seen in a couple of matches this season, James Milner, he's put up five or six fouls and still not got carded. Like. And that's it. And like, I didn't have a pony in the race. So yeah. I'm there shouting at the telly, at the TV screen going, what the fuck? Ref, like that's a fucking yellow card. Like, just yeah. give the yellow card. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing now? If it had been a Man City player doing the same thing, I'd have called the same thing. Mm. So it's just like, I, for me, it was kind of like, I, I just want to see a good game of football. And you know, the best one, the best one, the best one I liked was um, uh, when Salah took the shot going in on the left hand side and it clipped off the defender, and the ref called it as a goal kick. He didn't see the ball coming off the side of the defender. Yeah. But apparently we found out later on that VAR had looked at it for a potential penalty, which means it had had to have made contact with the defender. And the referee still turned around and gave a goal kick. So it was of instead of a corner. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> what's, what's the deal here? What this stuff kind of yeah. evens itself out a little bit, you know. Ah, look, there's always yeah. gonna be those little bits of look. If you're if you're one if you're a tunnel vision and you're looking for the one thing, yeah. you're only looking for the one thing. For me, it was kind of like I was, you know, I was able to sit back and just enjoy that as a fan and not really yeah, give yeah. a fuck because I know like we're coming toward. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, all right, yeah. do I want what's the lesser of two evils in my book, Liverpool or City? I don't really give a bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? That's it. I don't give a shit. May the yeah. best team win kind of thing. It's like when you yeah. go in and watch a boxing match and you're like, I don't really like either of them, but you know, I just hope to see a good. A good yeah. scrap. Good that's fight. What, Whoever wins, wins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was. Now, what did you think of the uh, the VAR thing? I know there was a bit of controversy on that on Twitter today with opposition fans. It's a, it, it's um, it's I don't know. What what say you as a Liverpool fan and and answering back some of the the VAR favoritism to Liverpool this year? Look, I, I've been very. You know, or referee favoritism. Maybe yeah, well, I've, I've been very upfront on this all along. I, I think over a thirty-eight game season, these decisions just even themselves out. Um, and if you look at some of the decisions this season, I mean, look, we could turn around, look at the decision where um, Man City handled the ball against Everton, and no one picked up on it, and Everton should have had a lay penalty. True. Um, True. Which, which ultimately could be one of the things that goes against us in terms of our league challenge. Um, because City are inflated potentially by two points. So it's, you know what I mean? So like you, you look at all these different things and the way and they our, go. Our fans, our fans, including, including mine and mm-hmm. me, we go very quiet when things go right for us, that we know we're kind of like, better not look at that one. I didn't see what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Look, you know what same, I mean? same in every fan base. I, th- I think I think over, over a 38-game period, and over a year of football, especially in the league, like the Premier League, that's so intense and stuff like that. I think, generally speaking, a lot of it um, evens itself out. But I think this season, I think there has been some shocking decisions in terms of the quality of the refereeing. Um, I mean, you look, you look at the two boys yesterday. I mean, how those two boys were picked to officiate that match you know beggars belief in the first place and now look don't get me wrong i think i think in in terms of calling it 
I think the VAR one was kind of weird, not giving the corner and giving the kick out. That's one that sticks out in mind. Obviously, the two, the, the card issues, the Tiago and the Fabinho one, going to stick out a bit. But I think on the balance of it, I think they more or less got it right in terms of the balance. Well, I think the referee, in fairness, knew how big a spectacle it was and how good a game it was and probably was trying to hold off on mm. ruining it by you know, having yeah. to make that kind of decision. Because you notice how quick... He was to kind of go and and carry Thiago mm. on the second challenge. He was like, right, yeah. I'll let you away with the first one. Yeah. I can't let you away with that again now, mate. Mm. Now <laughs> he goes and does another one and he's like, Oh, oh no, no, no. And you're kind of going, Oh Jesus Christ, are you bottling it here or what? Yeah. So you're kind of you're kind of but then you know there was there was a couple of challenges as well, but the city boys as well, where you're going persistent fouling will warrant a yellow card. So I think over the whole of it that he was trying to keep 11 v 11 yeah. for the spectacle. You know, not just which, for which, I, which I think is what both sets of fans ultimately want. They want a proper game of ball. And I think that's the way it should be in most of the league games in the Premier League. Yeah. I think it should be at that level where the referees are clever enough to go and look, you know, we want to make this a fair contest. We understand there's a physicality to it. We understand yeah. there's a lot on the line yesterday. You know, you're talking about a league title potentially on the line, stuff like that. So there's a lot in it. You don't necessarily want to see either sets of players getting a player sent off. But you do want the, the refs, in fairness, to ref the game in the proper way the game should be refed. But it rules a lot, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, so, but, but I mean, I don't think, I don't think it, it, it ruined the game. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't no. something that ruined the game. It was... no. Like I tell you one thing, people talk about oh, is this the greatest rivalry ever? If it is, it's the it's the gayest rivalry ever with the two boys, like because they just literally hug each other. Well, well <laughs> I think there's just well, I think there's just such a I think there's just such a respect from every single player to each other and the management teams and the coaches, and there's just a massive respect there for what both teams are doing. Um, because they're just operating at such a different level, both at a European level and a club level at a Premier League, local league level as well. And I just think I just think there's an element of respect there. And I'm sure for Pep and I'm sure for Klopp yesterday, there was an element of relief that like, okay, we've played each other twice now. It's done now in the league. We can move on and now let's have a battle for the last seven games. Let's see. Wouldn't you, you love to see comments. wouldn't you love to see a bit? You wonder though. But then you see what they forgot is they have to go up against each other next Saturday again now in the cup. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Like, I wonder, like, when when things that matter, if that was the final day of the season, would there be that lovely little hug and all? Would there be a bit more? I don't know. I I suppose it depends what way the game goes. If there isn't bad decisions in it and if there isn't a sort of an element of over, you know, too much luck or whatever it is or deflections and all that kind of stuff. I think there is an element of respect there. And I think, look, if City run out, oh, they win their next seven games. I think Jurgen Klopp would be the first manager to walk up to Pep Guardiola and congratulate him on, a, on an amazing season. And all I can say is we are, I, I listen to this whole thing about the greatest rivalry in the Premier League and stuff like that. For me, it's still, I still believe it's really Arsene Wenger and, and Fergie. I think that Arsenal period with Man United, I think, was an unbelievable rivalry. Um, but certainly they're laying down the foundation for this to go on for a number of years, even going forward. Um, and it, it, it will, I think, in time, when you look back on it, could become that kind of, you know, in that conversation, let's say. Um, yeah, I just think people have people have forgotten the name 
name Jose Mourinho very quickly. It's just no, very- no, it's not that either. But just uh, I'm just talking about in terms of when I think of Premier League rivalries and stuff like that. I know Jose is there, and I know the great things he did with Chelsea as well. But I always, yeah, I, I, I always like, remember that like, stuff with Fanger and Fergie and all, and the mind games and the two teams. And well, you, you had know. that. Like the thing is, you had that. You had a three-way then with Fergie, Wenger, and Mourinho, and it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, Pep and Pep and fucking Klopp now are the they're the golden boys. No, now. but the reason I'm talking yeah. about it is because this is only maybe four or five years into its progress, and remember, for a number of those years, we weren't really. There, you know, it took Klopp a number of years to get to that point where he was an actual rival to Pep. So for that, so what I'm talking about in terms of the early years, I think of Arsenal versus Man United. I know Chelsea came on after the fact, but I'm talking about because it's still kind of. Oh no! But, but take intensity. take Chelsea out of it. Yeah. Take Chelsea out of it, and you put Wenger mm. and Ferguson in yeah. there. There's no competition here. I mean, yeah. like no offense to you, Liverpool won it in a COVID year once. Yeah. Obviously, you know, because you know opposition fans will say that. And I don't deny Liverpool that. I think he's won it fair and square and he's fucking won it. And absolutely hats off. I don't think... COVID COVID affected every club, not just us. That's what I mean. It doesn't matter what anyone says. We won the league. It's in the history books now. But it affected every club and that's what I'm saying. And the thing about it is people use that as a thing because there was no fans there, no kind of celebration and stuff. And you know opposition fans are going to use that as a knock to you boys. And that's just... No, fan, no fans at Anfield has a much greater effect than no fans at Turf Moor or no fans at, uh, <laughs> at the Emirates or no fans. 100%. Like 100%. And I agree with that. Mm. But, but, but the point I'm making there is it's, it's, it's kind of like it's Sky Sports selling of like, oh, is this the greatest rivalry of all time? And you're Martin Tyler with his little poetry at the start of the match. Well, it's, again, it's, 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 it's the build and get conversation because I suppose they're assuming well, that all, is, all, th- like, all things being equal for the next, say, five to ten years, it looks like it's going to be the three of us entangled in this in some way, shape or form. So I'm not I'm not excluding Chelsea out of it in any way. Oh no, forget about I mean? forget about Chelsea yeah. altogether. Forget about yeah. Chelsea even from my point of view, even forget about Chelsea for a minute. I just think the fact that they're doing that, and I'm like, if you are gonna sell that, give me a bit of something. Let me see a bit of shit housery. Mm-hmm. Like let me see Klopp turn around and say, Should be a baldy little midget or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like now that he has his fucking full on sight and his white teeth again, yeah. like let me see him fucking I don't want to see the two boys before they even hug their players. Hug each other like they just literally they're like Bert and Bruno, literally mm. coming out of the fucking shower together, going, Ah, man, I love you. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, Jesus Christ, it's almighty. Well, we like, I wanted to see a bit more fucking yeah. I don't know. I'm sure fans agree with me. A lot of fans do agree with me, mm. albeit they're on Twitter. And I always say Twitter's not real life. So <laughs> what the fuck do I know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um by the way, great fucking game yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah. Best best game I've seen in a long time. The two best teams in the world, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Let's finish up relegation battle. I think we can assume that Norwich and Wofford are down um, at this stage. So we're really <laughs> talking. So. We're really talking about say Burnley or Everton. Um, you're, I, I, think, su- uh, I suppose you have to back Frank, so. don't you? Listen, uh, after Sean Dyke's fucking comments, you can go. Fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. Um, little loud mouth, you know, soulless ginger. So, come on, fat Frank. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's 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 a weird one for me because 
you know, a lot of people would expect me as a Liverpool fan. I don't necessarily want Everton to go down. I do like the Merseyside derbies. Um, you just don't know what would happen if they did go down. And look, I'm only well. We know what's going to we know what's going to happen if they go down. It's going to be Leeds part two, isn't it? You're not going to see them for a long time because that championship. That's that's the problem. That's the problem. And like I say, Sean Dyke is soulless, but Sean Dyke is doing what he needs to do. Do you know what I mean? I'm calling yeah. him out because he's calling my boy Frank Hill. So sorry, Sean, you're in the fire line. Yeah. You are a ginger soul as fuck <laughs> because of the context. Yeah. But um, no, 100%. Look, Everton are a very, very important football club within the mm. Premier League context. The same way that Leeds were. The same way that massive, someone like Massive, a, massive were. history. Massive history. Absolutely. The same way like a Leicester were that need to be back. I mean, I look, at, I look upon clubs like Coventry City. I know people might laugh at that, but Coventry mm. were like a staple, you know, in, in like you look at Darren Hookerby and all before he got sold to Leeds, Robbie Keane, players like that. People forget like that. They were a staple. People forget that the likes of Nottingham Forest and all. Like, look at these mm. massive clubs, like Nottingham Forest, mm. like still down there, you know, not back up in the Premier League yet. These are Goes massive. to show how competitive the championship is. Exactly, and that's what I was just going to say to you. That's what would happen to the likes of an Everton if they go down, because there isn't that money anymore. That mm. you know, not that we know of. I don't mm. believe it is. Um, you know, their major backer has obviously been sanctioned. Um, so it's 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 kind of. I think it is important because I do believe a Burnley and a Sean Dyche would get them back up pretty quick. Personally, because of of. Yeah, just I think he has the know-how. He's kind of got that Sam Allardyce about him now. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I think he probably, I think he probably would. But again, with Burnley as well, I think there'd be a number of players that they would probably lose, and they might find it difficult. That championship is just so competitive. But then there's a number of players that they would have. Like I mean, with their with their like their financial um kind of side of things because of the Premier League money, they'd probably be able to go down and poach some of the top players. In the championship, and then kind of possibly replace just in just in in bits. I'm not mm. saying like they wouldn't need a rebuild, but like mm. that one or two players that you know they get them over the line. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, I think it's uh, uh, and I'm glad Leeds are gonna stay up, even though I hate the club. I'm glad they're staying up because they're an important club. And when I say hate, like you hate Everton, mm. I hate them because of rivalries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think Everton will stay up. I think mm. Frank will get the job done, and I think it's ridiculous that we're talking about getting rid of him when he hasn't really been given a proper full preseason or whatever. Judge him next season. That's all I'd say. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but safe to say it's it's turning out to be a great season. I mean, between the title race, between the top four race, and the relegation battle, and the fact that not everything is decided yet makes it very exciting with seven games to go. So it's, it's brilliant to have it. Well, anyway, my friend, a pleasure having you on. This has been the Monday Mashup on the Upper Tier Podcast out there on YouTube. Audio versions show Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. If you want to contact the show, uppertierpodcast at gmail.com. Also, head over to Ian's channel, the Chelsea Roar. Drop a sub on there if you're a Chelsea fan or you just want to go bantering him up with his, his thoughts on his videos and stuff like that. Again, we're on Facebook and Instagram, the Upper Tier, and you'll also get us on Upper on, Tier. Um, TikTok, I should say, the upper tier, having a lot of fun out there at the moment. Till next time, my friend. Pleasure. I appreciate it, brother. Cheers, bro.